0: It's Job 11.4. And uh, here in uh, chapter 11 of Job, of course, he's being accused of sin. Of course, Job, being very righteous with the Lord, of course, did none of the things he's being accused of. And uh, Zophar, of, of course, is the one who's talking to Job. And he repeats something, or quotes Job, in, in Job 11.4, if you're all there. Um, it says, For thou hast said, and this is Zophar speaking about Job, um, My doctrine is pure, and I am clean in thine eyes. And of course, he's referring to Job and his doctrine, and uh, how it's clean within the Lord's eyes. So he's repeating what Job has said. The title of my sermon here this evening is "Glorify God with Your Doctrine." And uh, over the last, I guess it was, was it about a week ago that uh, that your sermon was here on Father's Day. It seems like it was so long ago, but it was nice to have um, Brother Andrews up here giving. Um, I guess it was his point that he said he wasn't preaching, but giving his conversation to us on on God and and uh, on fatherhood and. How wonderful it was! It was just nice to be able to sit here and, and listen to your brother. So it was a blessing. And of course, uh, then we had our missionary here on Sunday night. I think most of us were all here then. And um, anyway, um, conversation. You know, my last sermon um, was about lively stones, and before that, it was "Hear ye, hear ye!" You know, listening to the preaching. And um, this sermon is is. Somewhat about conversation and somewhat about studying the Word of God and then talking about it and, and, uh, and preaching it. Um, and having a conversation with everyone here where we have a friendly atmosphere is really nice. But there are times when we may be talking to someone or someone may be talking about us and they seriously disagree with some of the things we talk about. And uh, there are those times when we can't have a polite conversation. And one of the things that I'm sure of is that I know why we will disagree. And uh, it's because we're selfish. And uh, we're not being spiritually minded. Um, We're in the flesh. So we're not bringing it from the Word of God. It's uh, from ourself. And uh, in Acts, of course, we all know the story about the the Pharisees that were converted Christians, um, adhering to the Old Testament law of circumcision, and uh, there was a disagreement. And in Acts 15.1, it says, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren, and said, Except ye be circumcised, after the manner of Moses ye cannot be saved. When therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with them. And I read that and I said, wow, dissension and disputation. They were arguing. These guys were fighting about, about the truths and the Word of God and, 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 and salvation and what that means. And they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them, so they had a whole group, should go up to Jerusalem under the apostles and under the elders about this question. And we know, of course, they talked about it and Peter spoke about it but uh, they decided circumcision was not a necessity. Um, but these other guys were really on fire about it. it was, they were burnt up, and this, this argument was, was heated. Dissension and disputation. Um, we know from reading the Bible that there's examples of different tur- churches in the New Testament, churches and individuals being rebuked and instructed uh, for their lack of knowledge or continued adherence to the Old Testament, like circumcision. Um, And uh, as I was reading, of course, you read a lot of um, commentaries and expositories. Um, John Gill spoke about this verse in this section of Acts, and he, of course, called it, for the uh, Pharisees, he he called it Judaizing Christians. So they were converting the gospel. Um, And that's still even a little bit more different. When I'm talking about glorifying God with your doctrine... It's really quite different when a person, a supposed Christian, um, outright slanders another person or misinforms them um, or misleads them away from truths in the Bible. And of course, we know that's going to happen. It's spoken about in Matthew and many other verses, but in Matthew, uh, and many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. And of course... uh, supposed Christians, deceiving Christians, and, and I believe just like there is an Antichrist, there are Christians. Um, these false prophets, uh, teaching people. They talk about it even further in 2 Peter 2, 1. But there are false prophets also among you, excuse me, also among the people, even as there are false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow, there's those anti-Christians, their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. It's bad to be some of these anti Christians. In Second Peter two twenty one, for it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, than a, than to have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened to, to them according to the true proverb. This is uh, I was reading this to Gareth and Gannon a couple of nights ago. I I read them a chapter in the Bible usually every night. And uh, they were really confused at this. The dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed were wallowing in the mire. Gareth was freaked out. He said, the dog's turned to his own vomit. He was really confused. He didn't like that. So I thought the best way to help us and our Baptist brethren dig, dig through all this muck and mire um, that other people can bring our way is to look to a biblical standard. We should always look to a biblical standard on how to tell whether or not someone's giving us a truth, a doctrine of truth, from the Bible or not. Uh, So here I go. It's very simple. It's one thing. Um, Our number one goal in all things, not just this, but in all things should be to glorify God. Right? Um, Noah Webster speaks about glorify, and he says that the word glorify means to praise, to magnify and honor and worship in thoughts and in words. And of course, he footnotes, you don't get this in, in today's dictionaries, he footnotes Psalm 86 9. And in Psalm 86 9, of course, he quotes, All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. He goes on further. God is glorified when such His excellency above all things is with due admiration acknowledged. In Romans, Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. See, when we argue, we're not like-minded, especially when we get out of the Scripture. That ye may be with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. In fifteen nine, And the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, as it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and loud him, all ye people. The number one job of an individual, for that matter saved or not, we're created is for the glory of God. And uh, we should all be looking to glorify God. And that includes, of course, with prayer and worship here at church. That's, the, that's our job here at church is to come and worship God, um, glorify him. But when we talk about God and, and uh, what, what the things God talks about, salvation and all those, kinds of, all, all those things, um, that includes our thoughts and our words. So we need to make sure when we have those, that those words that we have, that we're using, those things we're taking out of the Bible, are always to the glory of God. If we use that as our standard, it will always be easy to deduce whether or not something... Is it truth from the Bible or whether or not something is from man? If it doesn't glorify God, it's not from God. I mean, that's it. There's no question about it. So, you figure out if what this person is teaching, preaching, reading about, if it glorifies God, you have a winner. If not, it's a heresy. There's no question about it. Could we all agree with that? Amen. Um, Pastors, preachers, teachers, evangelists, Bible scholars, new or old... God's glorification, judge correct biblically, doctrine or heresy. Um, the saying, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck, makes no matter what title a person gives themselves, what names that they have, what doctrine they adhere to, it's the way they talk, it's, the way they, it's, it's their conversation, it's who they are. Um, it's either heresy or it's not, I don't care what anyone says. Um, When we get into theological name-calling, people usually get defensive, especially if one cannot defend or expound what they're talking about. Understanding purely biblically. These people, of course, are usually the loudest, the meanest, the rudest, the crudest, the most dangerous anti-Christians that there are. We need to make sure that we study God, and that, of course theology. That means the study of God. The people who founded this church, Berean, as we drive by, of course, it says Berean Baptist Church, and this has been talked about and preached here. Um, The people who founded this church, Harry Buehr, that's his name, they chose a name. They could have named this church whatever they wanted to, and they chose Berean. And, uh, that conveys a message on what we teach and what we preach and what we believe here and how people would perceive us to act. And uh, being a priesthood of believers as we are, just like the Bereans of Berea, um, we need to make sure we search the scriptures daily, um, just like they did for Paul. And uh, always study God to make sure it's a glorifying God, we're always glorifying God, Um, and, of course, to be able to to understand uh, what we believe and and why we teach it. In Acts 17.10, of course, it uh, talks about the Bereans, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night. They were, of course, not well received in Thessalonica. um, Unto Berea, who coming thither went into a synagogue of the Jews... These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore many of them believed also of honorable women which were Greeks and of men not a few. There was a lot of people who believed. And uh, Christ had his disciples. And of course, disciple means pupil or student. It doesn't necessarily mean an apostle. Um, of course, uh, uh, Joseph of Arimathea was a disciple. He was not an apostle. So we're we're also disciples. We're students of the word. Um, so first, we're a student or a pupil, and to do that, we of course need to be a learner. And then we're supposed to be teachers. Matthew twenty eight nine. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And the word doctrine means teachings or instruction. Just like we have doctrine, Job has his doctrine. It's all the same doctrine. It's it's the doctrine that glorifies God. And uh, for thou hast said, my doctrine is pure. That's Job speaking, my doctrine is pure. And I am clean in thine eyes. And uh, John Gill, again, talking about what... um, what uh, what he means to have pure doctrine and pure dr- doctrine means free from error unadulterated unmixed not blended with heathenish principles and human doctrine but tending to purity of heart and life as of every word of god and doctrine that comes from him is pure yea very pure like silver purified 7 times and such was job's doctrine which he received from God. Christ gave doctrine to the disciples and the multitudes, and he began to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them, In his doctrine, doctrine is teaching. And, Under the heading of doctrine or the title, of course we have soteriology. And soteriology is a doctrine, the doctrine of or teaching of the instruction of salvation by Jesus Christ. And ultimately what we're talking about is the doctrines of grace versus the doctrines of man. No matter what the title these doctrines have gone under the last couple of thousands of years, they've been fighting each other since Adam and Eve in the first fig leaf. I don't want to fight... I want to have a conversation. Um, I want to have a Bible-based, compassionate discussion. But I'm biased. I've been reading Scripture already. I've read God's Word. Scripture is, for all correction and instruction, and that any belief goes against that, should be fought tooth and nail and should not be used in teaching here in the church. That said, we as Baptists have a serious problem happening in our churches today. And I feel that we have been placed here, us, all of us here together, and we have a unique opportunity. We have a pastor here who is not afraid to dig deep into the Word of God and isn't afraid to go to the Bible to answer tough questions. Of course, I I haven't visited too many churches. I was a a Catholic or baptized Catholic in my youth. And before I came here, I visited a, visited a, a Presbyterian church. And of course, then I received Christ here. So I haven't spoken to too many pastors. But I have spoken to some Christians, Baptists and otherwise... And a lot of them, most of them, (laughs) I haven't run into one yet, don't have a pastor like we have. So I think God has blessed us um, with him. What I do consistently hear about is when a pastor preaches something and somebody asks a question about it, maybe to get further information, a lot of times these people are berated and beaten down. We're lucky. We have a room we have over in room nine a class, and I'm not trying to pull people out of your class, Dalton. We have a class on Sunday morning, just because I'll be there next Sunday morning. Um, I'm teasing. We have a class in room nine where you can go and in advance email, or if there's no question, bring up any question you may have out of the Bible. And uh, This man is not afraid to tackle really anything. And we can all sit there and ask him questions. And I have not run into yet an individual who's run into another pastor who will do exactly the same thing. All I hear about is that people get yelled at or told to be quiet. Um, (laughs) That it's his job to, to expound on the word and you're just supposed to sit and be quiet. I don't agree with that. I think that we should all be studying the Word of God so that we can make sure we can glorify God with the doctrines we have. Um, I think these pastors and some of these people that go around um, are just afraid. They're just afraid. They're unsure of their biblical positions. They know how they feel, um, but they don't know how to explain them from the Bible. Unfortunately, that includes our our Bible colleges today. Talking to some of the students who who have gone to a college that we used to support, they don't teach these kids coming out of school today, which will be our future missionaries and our future pastors and our youth group leaders, truths that have been taught from the Bible for thousands of years. Um, It's not their fault. They're going, they want to learn. They want the information. It's just not given to them. But the same with us. When we go to the local Christian bookstore, we can't. The books they have there are, are nothing like the books they had 60 or 70 years ago. I mean, even a little bit shorter time ago than, It be about 40 years ago. and Go back even further and they're even more deep. Um, what you find 60 or 70 years ago even in our, our our Sunday school classes and in our programs, would be completely different than what we have today. They just don't produce this kind of stuff. What we have today is books on marketing programs, church growth, how to build great money-making programs for our youth groups, books on psychology. These aren't written by men to glorify God. These are written to glorify the pocketbook. These books aren't about God, they're about you. It's about the self, that selfishness we were talking about. When I was writing this, of course, um, I wanted to look up a few books that were popular in today's time. And uh, this gentleman's not a Baptist. Um, He's quite heretical in my opinion. But Joel Osteen, who is very popular on the television, has a very big church. He's a good speaker. i flipped the channel. I've listened to the guy. I mean, he's smooth. Um, wrote, a, wrote a book called Your Best Life Now. Sounds very much like psychology. And uh, you read the reviews on Amazon, and, and um, one way I know if a book is good, unfortunately, and it's a theological book, is how many people are slamming it. You know, really, I mean, that's how you find the good books on Amazon when you speak about theology. You, write, you read all the hate mail on there and you go, this guy's got something good in here. Because itching ears, today's people, they don't want to hear the truths of God. I mean, they get mad. I mean, I'll go on for hundreds and hundreds of words how much this book is horrible. Joel Olstein's website is just great. I mean, everybody loves this book. I mean, he's got four stars all the way across on every, on every post on there. And I was reading, and I'm going down, and... Um, Publishers Weekly, which reviews these books, they're not a a theological organization, but they do do book reviews. (laughs) And they said this, Your best life now is a treatise on how to get God to serve the demands of self-centered individuals. Where's the theology? This is pure psychology. Um... He's not leading man to God. He's leading man to fill his pocketbook. This name-it-and-claim-it kind of theology. It's, it's pure heresy. Um, <laughs> this is the doctrine of man. Not the doctrine of God. And then, as I'm perusing through, of course, you can't help because they have these help pages that come up and try to offer you every book that they've got that's popular right now. And you got Rick Warren. He's like, boom, 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 all over the place on there. And everybody loves that book. The purpose-driven this and that and the other thing. And, uh, and that guy's making cash. Um, <laughs> his books are, are, are on church growth or, or the doctrine of business and marketing. I mean, this is business and marketing 101. Um Church growth, that's what his books are all about. And uh, the bigger the church, the better the church. And your church isn't healthy unless it's growing by X amount per month and X amount per year. And you've got to have millions of people coming in and out, and you've got to have 20,000 in your, in your count and all sorts of things. And he equates that to having a healthy church. I say, blah. That's, 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 pure, that's pure garbage. Um, you can't tell how big a church is by how healthy it is. Just for no other reasoning than if Jeff, you stand up, and and, um, ah, Lino, you stand up. Just stand up for a second, please. Or or, or Brother Andrews, you stand up. We'll have three guys here. Can we look at any of these guys and actually tell by their size which one is healthier? I mean, by his standard, Brother Andrews is tipping that scale. I mean, he's the most healthiest guy here. In the same way, you can't judge a church... You guys can sit down now. You can't judge a church by its size on how healthy it is. You can look in the physical aspects of a man, um, test his cholesterol. You don't want to test mine. It's way way bad. Um, Test his cholesterol, his BMI, his body mass index, his heart, you can run him on a treadmill, um... (laughs) and many other things that uh, doctors will do that you don't want to do to get an idea of how healthy you are. And in the same way, you can test a pastor, a preacher, a teacher. What they say and how they glorify God will tell you how healthy that church is. You've, You've run those tests on that person. You ask them questions. You hear what they say. You find out if it's coming from the Word of God and it glorifies God, it's not heresy, it's truth. And if it doesn't, if it's way out there, you tell this guy to be quiet. You don't wish him Godspeed. You just say bye-bye. With all this talk about self and church and our modern Christian literature, something has happened to our fellow brothers and sisters. That's other other Baptist churches that are, even in this area and around the United States, um, they've lost the way. Saddleback Church is supposedly a Baptist church, and I'm not just picking on them. I'm picking on everybody. Um, I'm not sure how Baptist they are. They're no longer glorifying God and the things that God speaks about. It's all about marketing and advertising, building churches. It's all about the doctrines of man. Um, There is God's Word, and God's Word talks about salvation by Jesus Christ. When we start reading about these things, we start to develop a cistern of doctrine in our head. I urge you, whatever you do, if you pick up these books, and I've perused through some of them, don't get caught up in this doctrinal fig leaf just like Adam and Eve did 10,000 years ago. Or whatever the number is. You may not figure that out. Um, That fig leaf, it'll destroy you. It'll destroy you, it'll destroy your friends, it'll cause problems. Make sure you go to the Bible to get your doctrine. Again, 2 Peter 2:1. But there were false prophets also among the people, as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that bought, that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. I urge you, of course we have the pleasure of being surrounded by men like Dalton, and our pastor, and other people here in the church that, uh, that support us and help us and, and we can talk to, but our other Baptist brethren do not always have that. I urge them and us when we run into them, to make sure that they go back to the Scriptures, no matter what somebody else says. And I, I know the Scriptures re- reveal the doctrines of grace, and the doctrine of man is not there, all this other stuff. For if For if what we find doesn't finally glorify God, then I can guarantee that we've misunderstood, and we need to reread again and dig deeper. And that's my sermon for you this evening. Thank you very much.